what do you envision for yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need a direct contract if your vision isn't really to, you know, recruit and go brokerage side or become an FMO uh, yeah. necessarily. There's, you almost just need somebody to support you heavily and give yeah. them a little bit of that spread. You yeah, know? there's a lot of people who are really concerned with getting the highest contract right off the bat. And it's kind of like, well, just worry about producing first, because if you haven't, What's the use of having a higher contract if your production is super low anyway? Yeah. You know, that extra 20 bucks per, um, per app is not going to make a difference. Yeah. Especially if you're giving it up at the expense of someone helping you because there are hierarchies that will help you, but they can't help you if they give you if they give away the boat and the house. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, here's the keys to my car and let me fuel it up for you too. Yeah. You know, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense. There has to be some sort of spread for them to invest the time because time costs money. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eric Fierro coming to you live from 8% Nation with an incredibly special guest, somebody who hasn't been on my podcast in quite a while, man. It's been a couple of years. The Justin Brock. Ooh, dang, you almost got it. That was close. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Sorry. No, <clears throat> thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> today, today we're going to have a lot of fun here, man. Uh, you know, Justin and I go way back. We go way back, and... Uh, you know, we always keep in touch, continue talking, having fun, seeing each other at events. And I just said, you know, it's been a while. I'm going to have you on the podcast. It has been. We've, we're international friends, you know. <laughs> We've hung out in many a nations. It's true, man. Not, even, not just in the U.S., but outside the U.S. No. no. You still haven't been to Tupelo, though. I'm going to come to Tupelo. Okay. That's a good idea. Good. Got to get you to uh, behind the agency. Which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the behind the agency because I've gotten a lot of great reviews from people who've attended. And, uh, you know, I think with everything they're saying about how beautiful the city is, it sounds like it's a great place to visit. So, will you have me? Of course. Yeah. Of course. It'll help me sell tickets having you there. <laughs> so, so how'd you come up with the idea, man? Because it seems to be a, a hit what you're doing with Behind the Agency. Tell me how the idea came about that, that got you to decide to start doing this and show everybody everything behind the scenes is what I'm hearing. Yeah, so so the events industry or the events uh, industry has expanded heavily into the insurance industry, you know, via people like Cody, you know, doing great things, big things. <clears throat> and I love events. I've been going to events. You and I were at an event in Dallas years ago together before we even knew each other. Um, since then, since others, since carrier trips, going on a lot of carrier trips, I love getting in the room with a whole lot of other producers, um, you know, top producers, new producers, everything. I love the networking aspect of it. I learn a lot. Uh, I, I feel like one of my talents was individual communication and extracting the, the appropriate information out of people at events. Yes. I think a lot of people aren't great at events they come and they think their job is to sit in the classroom listen to all the speakers from the main stage and then go back to their room and read and go to sleep absolutely and i don't think that the magic happens in events by doing that no. um, i mean i think the speakers all have some great things to say but that's just not you know what it's all about for me i, I it's about the networking the meeting the building real relationships that and friendships to stand the test of time and provide great information for everybody right collaboration now Behind the agency evolved because by that same notion, you know, I think I needed to create an intimate setting event where people that weren't good at extracting the right practical information out of events 
could have somewhere where we just cut to the chase. Yeah. Tell them this is all the stuff that I have extracted over time, put into my business, help it to help it grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we share the good, the bad, and the ugly of all of it. Those events are not recorded for a reason. It's just information we can't necessarily put all the way out there. It's not like any of it's illegal or unethical or anything like that. It's just that it's too too proprietary. And so we had to make it an intimate setting, small event. And so far, the reviews of Medicare.com were great, but the reviews of Behind the Agency are much bigger because we're able to really form great relationships with with the right people it's also a little bit you know i and i'm not i, I don't view myself as like as high ticket sales men i'm not a platform closer if you will yeah um but you know the people that were paying the price that we were asking to come there making the trip to tupelo it's not a vacation tupelo yeah. is a great town jackie will tell you tupelo is a great town but the people that are coming there, it's not like I'm saying, let's go to Destin or let's go to DFW or let's go to, you know, somewhere we can party or whatever. Uh, we do have a great time when we're there. Um, but the people that are that are coming to that are on a mission for information. Yes. And so they're receptive to hear it. And we fashion it in a way to deliver it to where I think most of these people are going back and recouping their time and monetary investment very quickly um, with a whole lot of long-term upside. So. Amen. That's what, we, that's what we wanted, man. It's just, you know, you, we put out good content. You put out great content. Um, it's just one of those things that it's been the most fulfilling thing that I've done so far because, you know, it's basically a 100% success rate in, you know, the real value being there. Yes. For those people. So behind the agency, as I said earlier, it was has been incredibly successful for you. And when you're talking about showing everything, right? You're talking about from leads, how leads come in, to how you guys approach the sales process, to how you guys put them in through automations and systems, and and then in the end, how you close a sale, how you keep retention on the books, how you advertise in other ways outside of, uh, you know, Facebook. Like, what is everything that's shown? Because when they hear behind the scenes, or they're just like, well, am I just going to go there and watch you guys, you know, make some sales on the phone, or what's the process? Yeah, so when you come into behind the agency, first of all, people a lot of times get hung up on the word agency. And they say, well, I don't have an agency. Well, what, what is an agency? You know, there's plenty of people that have an agency license. And it's just one person, right? So we've had people that are come in that are, you know, stellar, like individual producers. We've had people that uh, have come in that are, uh, you know, actually own a large agency, a large brokerage distribution or mid-sized brokerage distributions. Um, we've had, you know, people that have large LOA shops. It's kind of all of the above. You know, we, it's not really crafted in a way that a, uh, you know, an individual producer that is has a little bit of intermediate experience wouldn't benefit heavily from it as well. And that's because we knew we were going to get a little bit of everything. So we've we've made it that way. Now, when somebody comes in, what happens is they fly in. <clears throat> you know, if they land in Memphis, we we go and pick them up in the Guru's van, uh, bring them to their hotel. Um, you know, a lot of times they end up going out on their own the first night they get there. But next morning, we're shuttling them to, uh, we have two offices in Tupelo. They're coming to our West Main, which is our marketing and call center style office. We're bringing them in there, and uh, we have a classroom setting within our office. Um, they come in, there's coffee, there's donuts, all that stuff. Everybody's mingling, meet and greet, kind of hanging out. And uh, they come in about 30 to 45 minutes before we start. And then it's classroom setting. Now, 
Uh, I was in uh, the eight-figure mastermind with uh, Brad Lee talking, and he said there's a, a big difference between teaching and and uh, and motivation, right? And so you need a little bit of both, right? But this is teaching. We're not getting you there to fire you up. I expect you to be fired up, you know. Um, when you get there, we're giving you information so you can take that fire and do something with it. And so the first part of it is I lead in with just kind of a – uh, setting the tone and the expectation of the first day versus spe- second day because we want to temper the questions because a lot of them are answered within the content and yes. that can slow down everything when yes. we let it be too open. Um, but we want everybody to be able to ask questions at the right time. So I temper it. Then I go into my first class, uh, which is kind of an overview. And then uh, we actually right now go straight uh, to a Q&A with our top three LOA salespeople. Uh, they come in, go over some things that I ask them, and then we open it up to the floor to ask them questions. And, you know, a lot of that is comes into, like, lead distribution and what kind of leads they're working versus how they're selling, that kind of stuff. Uh, after lunch, we do a fire-up with, with Rob. It does kind of fire people up because that's just Rob's style. <laughs> um, he does a sales course. Uh, then Stephen in the afternoon teaches a very long uh, and – it's long a lot of times because even though we've tried to temper questions, there's a lot of questions. It's a marketing and technology style, you know, course. Everything that we're using, how we're using it, you know, what we're doing with direct mail, what we're doing with, uh, you know, uh, Google and our website, what we're doing with everything, you yeah. know, TV, all of that. We're, we're showing what we're doing. Yes. It's a tell-all of what we're doing. They, people paid for it, uh, you know, so we're going to give it to them. You know, it's not, it's not, we're not holding back anything at that event. Right. You know, at, at Medicare Con, it's not that we're hiding anything. It's just that it's too big and too broad to talk about the intimate small stuff. Um, and so when we get into pe- that, people love, you know, that, first of all. Uh, that evening, we go to a really good, fun dinner at a place called Woody's normally. And Woody's is, uh, you know, got a karaoke bar next door. So we try to have, a, you know, just a good time and network. Wait, wait. Reverse. Yeah. You, you sing karaoke? I, do, I don't sing. Normally, I try to find people that want to sing from behind the agency. I haven't gotten uh, there yet. Uh, but, you know, maybe I could but do you, some, But you do sing because I've seen you sing when you play guitar. I can do a little Barry Manilow. Ooh, I like how you got deep <laughs> on me right there. No, uh, but, you know, we go out and we, we have a good time. Um, the next morning, we shuttle back in. The morning is, a, again, a class from me. And I break down, uh, you know, this is... This is one of the parts that we don't want filmed a lot of it's internal commission structure versus carrier overall commission structure. We find that there's a lot of like not truth going on in what is the commission structure. So a lot of people benefit from that because it's not necessarily me telling them what they rate. It's just saying this is what is out there. These are typical requirements. This is, you know, because no, other people put out fake requirements for stuff. And you're, so, so you're talking about you're you're showing them the top line commissions for most carriers because you're you're at the top line with most carriers now. Close to the top, yeah. We're yeah. either close to the top or the top. You yeah. Know, but so um, you're able to to show them that. Plus, you're talking about also showing them a, a structure in which they can set up any team members yeah. if they're going to hire employees who are going to sell out of their yeah. agency. We're trying to show them. Uh, we show them three different LOA commission models, and you're familiar with most of oh, these yeah. too. You know, you've been. on on that side Um, but a lot of people aren't they don't know how to pay them when they start to evolve that Uh, and LOA commission structure is is always a controversial topic which it shouldn't be because what everyone should strive for is to have a team and a uh, a system that's valuable enough to justify someone being LOA within it and I think that you know I come to eight percent with you know hundreds and hundreds of people here and bring my LOA team members 
I'm not worried about anybody recruiting them because I'm providing them such value that they don't care that, oh, I can get a higher commission. Yeah, but right. I walk in and sell policies all day. Yeah, you know, exactly. Versus, you, you have a very good funnel coming in yeah. that keeps them fed and busy and yeah. in turn exactly. making lots of sales and lots of money. So we're, talk, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, we're basically you brought up the word funnel. We're showing them the whole funnel. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that that's what in and the the reason I do top line commission structure and I talk about um, Medicare Advantage uh, resources that are available is because there's just too much misinformation on it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's never me saying you should be at this level. I don't even ask them what level they're at. I'm just right. saying this is what's out there. These are typical requirements. This is what you should expect. I also temper it to say this is what you shouldn't expect. You know, some of some people are out there taking more than they might even really be justifiably deserving. Yeah, um, they got lucky. They right? got That's lucky, and, they, and somebody contract somebody gave them a contract they didn't rate, and now it's causing them issues because they didn't really put in the work to grow to that point, and they expect something higher for no real results. And right. So we kind of you know demystify both sides of that. Um, people really like that. I do, do that gets into a lot of Q and A that you know brings up questions that people have because there's a lot of misnomers and, and people are like, wait a minute, you know. Um, and then we do small group breakout. So our entire afternoon on the second day is me, Rob, and Steven breaking out, me talking more about culture and leadership and LOA commission structures and that kind of stuff, training. And then Steven talking about, you know, the technology, CRM, uh, you know, marketing, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And then uh, them sitting down with Rob and him doing sales still. And you guys have normally a classroom size of what, 12, 15 people? We, we try to max it at 15. So that way it stays very intimate, especially in those breakouts, because yeah. now you got five people for each leader there yeah. that's talking. Most we've had in one is 16, the least is 14. So we keep it right in that range. Um, I don't want it to be bigger than that. That was what I felt like I could easily comfortably fit in our office. We have a pretty decent sized room there that we fit everybody in, um, but we could keep them you know, quiet enough or keep it, keep it, uh, you know, intimate enough where we could ask questions, talk about, you know, stuff and really dive into the weeds. Yeah. Because especially when you have the agents who are solo mm -hmm. and they don't have a team, they can still ask you more tailored questions to their agency build and you can help them out. And all of you guys can help them yeah. to make sure they can maximize how they're set yeah. up. I kind of view like you got conferences, seminars, and you know, class or teaching, you know, right? Yeah. 8% uh, is a conference, you know, a um, lot of people, a lot of activity, a lot of networking, a uh, lot of motivation. Um, it's awesome, yeah. right? Next step down, seminars, kind of like what we do in Medicare when we give a Turning 65 seminar. Not a ton of classroom. It really, it's, it's me teaching one thing, no back and forth, on yeah. to the next. And then this is teaching. It's like you're in fourth grade again, <laughs> and you just need to pay attention because we're teach we're literally teaching you things and you know but we're 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 jam packing a whole year of medicare and 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 the industry into 2 days um and that's why I don't really like brand new agents at it because they need to understand certain things already the fundamentals know? should already be there yeah. you're there to just help elevate or level up agencies yeah. that have already the fundamentals down yeah it's not a medicare agent boot camp that's right. not what I wanted to do. There's, there's already a couple of people that do things like that. I feel like uh, this is, is me trying to help people get from five to 10, not one to five. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, 
you also right now if you look at your schedule are you trying to do these once a month or what's the the idea for the future for those who are interested in, in coming yeah the idea is uh you know to to do them on months that make most sense for us right and uh, we, we we shut off aep you know um, you know, some of the people that are involved in it are also intimately involved in the success of our AEP. We're practicing what we preach, mm -hmm. so we can't have classes in AEP because that's a busy time for our, our You're people. business. We're running business, man. We're trying to support that block. We're trying to grow it. We're trying to market. We're trying to figure out what is changing. Um, so uh, AEP, October, November, December, shut off. January, we shut off. First of all, it's a really cold month, hard to travel a lot of times from some people. Um, but also, it's that's our kind of making sure we're collecting all the right information, doing cross sales, follow-up appointments, cards, mail, all that stuff. You know, yeah. it's just a busy month still. February is where we're, we're starting back up. Okay. Uh, we do have right now August and September, but September is both August, I believe, is full now. September is almost full. Um, so the next one will be February. But we're going to try to do February, March probably. April will shut down for MedicareCon, and then uh, we'll pick back up in uh may yeah we'll probably do one every month yeah until aep again and i don't know that i you know, that uh, you started medicare con last year yep it was successful greatly successful a lot of great speakers yours truly and yeah. it was one a lot of, the of fun. Best. <laughs> one of the best thank you thank you but it was a lot of fun and so this is something that you wanted to create again not as big as an eight percent something a little more intimate where the speakers who are going up there constantly or every person going up there should be giving actionable content right things they can take away right away and put into their agency but again not being handheld like you were mentioning but that's why you have the other so it's kind of like one feeds the other yeah. medicare.com can be a great place where the, some people don't need the classroom style because they get enough value from all the yeah. content at medicare.com but then those who still need to get more, a little more hand-holding or would like to go a little more detailed about their own agencies that's when they can sign up to be at your yeah. your other medicare.com is for any agent in the medic whether they're brand new or super experienced there's something of value in the networking as well as the training that's there it is more seminar style it's that mid-range it's a suppose it's a conference but we do try to hold the motivation I mean, we got cody so he's a motivator but yeah. uh, and i believe there'll be one more speaker that'll be pretty you know motivational i guess you know but a, but substantive yeah. um, but the majority of the speakers are insurance agents yeah there are people that have sold and they um, know the business they know the business they know medicare and uh, you know at eight percent it, it's you know it, Cody talked about it he his his um, his vision and expertise crafted by him and coach Burt together was to bring the insurance industry as a whole together right all the niches yeah and it's so it's hard to get up and talk about Medicare on stage at eight percent because you know there's 25 percent of them that are P and C 30 percent of them are life only you know and yeah. so it's you know half of them will be like what the hell is he talking about I don't even care you know um, but at Medicare con they're all Medicare agents, or yeah. they all are writing some Medicare. So I expect you to talk about Medicare and secondary and tertiary cross-sell lines. Right. Um, and so we do get a little bit in the weeds at that one, but it is great for all agents. Um, you know, it, you, that's why we're, you're going to come back. Yeah, surely, absolutely. Surely to God. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and you know, you'll you'll come back and present. Obviously, you know, you started in the. Decent market when yeah. the decent market was brand new, <laughs> running appointments in 
15 oh, degree man. heat. Talk about uh, it. Then you went and recruited. Then you worked in call centers. Yep. And you've built out a lot of technology and, and training. I yep. mean, so you have a pretty diverse, you know, experience level in the industry. And that's the kind of people that we want to be at MedicareCon because we want it to provide real value. Right. Um, and that's all we want MedicareCon to be. You know, we're, we're having, we're having uh, you know, several FMOs that are part of it, but it is not a recruiting event. And we want to be friendly to all, even though we recruit, like I have told people before, we don't recruit everybody. I don't have time for everybody. I'm very specific agent avatar that I feel like I can commit my time to. Right. Um, you know, but so we have a lot of FMO friends that we refer people to. Which, what's good about that model, though, is that even for those who you may not be able to work with right now, they have they kind of know the criteria after speaking with you. Therefore, they know what to work towards so that they can maybe be a part of your downline in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been, we've been, there's a lot of stuff in the industry. You know, if you're going to events, you know, you have to, you have to decide what you want your vision to to be, you know, and and it's, it's a moving target. You know, we're always trying to figure it out, but we're learning more and more about what our comfort zone is. And, And I'm, I, you know, I don't want people to live within their comfort zone. So don't, don't mistake this for Ryan Lodi say, get uncomfortable. He's right. Um, but what I'm saying is your comfort zone for your vision and expectation of your life. And if yeah. you have a vision and expectation of your life, that is, you know, this is what I want my agency to look like, or my career, my sales, my, you know, day to day routine, you know, you're 50 years old. What do you want to do every day? Yeah. You know, if you want to be a billionaire and sit on a yacht, uh, I hope you're not married and have kids already because you got to commit, you know, 150 hours a week to figuring that out. You know, yes. you got to pull the Jeff Bezos hours. But <laughs> um, if you just want to have a residual income and a team that can make it where you can, you know, work 20 hours a week and spend time with your family, uh, that is a vision that will allow you to craft your efforts to accomplish that. Um, you know, we we go to a lot of these events and you think, man, that would be cool and that would be cool to do and that would be cool. Everything's cool. Yeah, I can't do everything. I have to do what, what I what I'm good at, and where can I provide value? And that's one of the reasons we started behind the agency of MedicareCon because those are things that we can do to provide value. You know, Cody puts on a damn good show, man. Yeah, and yeah. I'll probably I've, I've been at all four eight percents, and I'll probably be at, at the rest of them because it's a great time. It's a great group of people. Um, I can't do what he does. Yeah, and I don't think he can do what I do. And right. he can't, you know, we're all, we have to find our skill set, our vision, craft what we want to do and, and, and help it build, build that life that we want. Uh, and so if you want a life that's, you know, using Medicare as a niche to provide a service that's valuable to clients that can provide careers for, you know, your friends and people that you hire that are worthwhile, rewarding and that it's financially rewarding and builds a massive residual income behind the agency medicare con is a great thing for you uh other events are too you know yeah 100 percent. and I, I think that you have a really great mix right now uh it's almost like within itself a funnel right but the cool thing is you're still on a mission right your mission right now first and foremost and maybe i'm wrong right but your mission first and foremost is still to get to the point where you serve a million clients yep right and everything else is going to feed off of that. So it's still ultimately a circle because because of what you're doing with an agency, you can then um, host an incredible conference where other industry leaders can come in and share what they know. But then you can go even deeper and then show exactly what you're doing within your practice to reach the goal you're going to attain 
yeah. which is you know serving a million clients. So I think that it's it's really good what you have going on. What you've set up is very organic and it helps each other in every aspect. And uh, and I think that's why it's working so well. Yeah, we want a quantifiable one million, you know, members served, um, whether it's us directly or a partner agent or some sort of quantifiable way that we can say that we help someone else help 100 people and add that to our number. Yeah. Um, but the ultimate goal is to help more people help more people. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly the motto I live by. You know, the reason, I, the reason that I want to focus so much more heavily on what I do with the helping brokers through the university, training through technology, is because I felt that I was going to make a larger impact faster helping brokers who are going to reach more people because I can yeah. multiply that so much faster yeah. and larger than I could with hiring just employees that work directly with me. You know? Absolutely. There, there's, a, there's a massive vacuum for proper training and direction into our market. Um, and, and so it's, it's twofold because I never want to discourage the person that is out there putting the client's name on an application and submitting it to the carrier because that's the lifeblood of what we all do. Mm -hmm. And so I, sometimes I think some people maybe get too quickly try to get away from that. Yeah. Not me and you because we've done this for a long time. 15 years of it. Uh, <laughs> but there are, there are some people that are eight months in, uh, not, not anybody's particular, like, but I go to conferences and I'll meet people and they're like, well, I want to do speaking and all they this They just got stuff. their license. And right? I'm like, hey, man, go out and grind and write some people and, and, and build a business. And then, then when you have a message to craft to help other agents, you can say, been there, done that. Yes. I mean, Beish, for instance, you know, uh, Medicare Bob, yes. a good friend of ours, he, he, had, he, he worked in call centers and wrote a lot of applications before he went and started his own call center. Yes. And I think he will tell you the hardest thing he ever did was moving from writing individual business to building that out. Now, in the long run, it was very rewarding for him. Um, so hard, you know, a lot of things that are worth doing are hard. But you ask him, you know, he says that it is incredibly stressful and it's very. not, you know, it's not an easy road. It's not, I think a lot of people might have a misconception that it's like, hey, once you hire employees who are writing business, that it's game over. Like now yeah. you're on easy street. Yeah. And it's definitely not the case. He said uh, he, his phrase was, nobody knows, people that are just selling don't know what it's like to process payroll with money that was deposited yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I have been there and it is, you know, we try to get to the point where we have plenty of slush fund there so that we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, as you're investing into your business and something you believe in, and sometimes you invest to the point of, I hope this deposit comes through on time, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and it, you know, it takes a specific type of person to do that. And, and anybody listening to this may be that person, but do something worth use, utilizing to inspire others. Yeah. You know, yes. Um, before you just start trying to inspire others. hundred <laughs> percent. So before we wrap this up, tomorrow you're actually going to be speaking at 8%. What's the topic you're going to be focusing on there for everybody? Because as you mentioned earlier, 8% is a very mixed crowd. So therefore, yep. whatever you're talking about has to be something that can apply to everybody. Yeah. What, what's your topic? So Cody tried to tell us to, you know, keep it as general as possible, which I appreciate. You know, it's, he, it's, it's, you know, he, he's trying to build the conference that serves the overall audience. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he, he said that, and I, I went back and thought about it. And I think there's a lot of things that people are trained to do in the insurance industry that are bad for the industry. So my topic is on uh, eight steps to saving the insurance industry and how to 
um, and how to prosper personally while doing it. So uh, we're just trying to craft a strategy, like an overall high-level strategy in someone's head as to how they should conduct business, you know, that serves the industry as a whole. Because yeah. if you're only self-serving, you're killing the industry, you're killing your overall long-term, you know, uh, longevity. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so a lot of people get in and it's just turn and burn and, and um, you know, so I'm trying to show them that, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, it's a, it is a get rich slow, steady, steady for sure. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. You know, was yeah. a, there's a TikTok where the guy says, I'm not scam likely, I'm scam for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, is, a, is a scam artist spoof, but, uh, but it's, it's not get rich. Uh, it's not a get rich quick. It's a get rich for sure. Yeah. But it can, you know, you're, you want to have, if you create real wealth, it takes time it does. to build a real business. Yes. Um, you have to have value. You capture, I mean, if I got somebody to give me $10 million tomorrow for the promise of something that I had no idea how to deliver on, I have $10 million, but I'm about to have somebody really pissed off that apparently has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to piss off people that can afford to give me, to, you know, yeah. so it's just, you know, value is extremely important. Yes. And, you know, going out and just flipping people and having no infrastructural value. And yeah. I get it, you know, in the beginning you got to make money, but, you know, you need to, you need to look at the insurance industry as, you know, barely getting by for a year and, and building, but, but, doing it in a way where you're pouring so much back into your business where you're thinking, is this worth it? But I promise that long-term residual and almost any business that we've seen evolve in the last 20 to 30 years, that's now a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company didn't make a lot of money in the beginning because they were yeah. so focused on providing value. And Gary yes. Vee says we're in the thank you economy. Yes. You can't build a business profitable right away. And so, and, and this is difficult for people, but like I'm consulting a group right now that uh, you know, has taken out a, uh, a a small business line of credit off of some of their other business ventures just to invest into the side. They don't plan on making any money for a year. Yeah. Um, and I know that's hard for some people to stomach, but it's difficult to provide value without investing in it first. Yeah, and, th and that's one of the key indicators you got to tell everybody who is immediately like, I want to jump into, hey, I want a call center. Everybody, that seems to be the flavor of the month, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, hey, I want to start a call center. It's but expensive. It is, yeah, and I was, my advice to everybody is always, it's always this. Either you better have deep pockets yourself or you better partner with somebody who has deep pockets but yeah. know that there's going to be you know, a heavy yeah. toll when you do that route as well because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot expected, right? Yeah. So that's why I always tell people, don't be so quick to rush into that. Like first, make sure you love the industry, like yeah. personally produce. Make sure you love the actual industry before you start trying to build a team that's doing it with you because there's definitely, it's, it's a lot harder than people anticipate. Definitely. Telesales, you know, as a whole, people, I'll have people that are brokers that, you know, grew up on the direct mail referral route and they've been doing it for a while and they're making 200, 250,000 a year and they're like, I just really want to do telesales. And I'm like, and, and, and I'm like, well, don't quit cold turkey because... <laughs> I promise it's different, yeah. you know, it's way different. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we're a mix in, in, uh, the, but we're, we, we try to evolve the telesales alongside it. Um, but now we can afford to not make money off of the, the new business for a while. And so it's different for me. It's like we're, we're cash flowing a, a negative, a net negative operation for the long-term residual. Um, and most people can't afford to do that. Um, and part of the reason we're doing it too, is there's this, you know, other value of doing total production 
to get higher level contracts so mm -hmm. that on the business that's cheaper for me to acquire, I'm getting a higher net profit. Yeah. So it, it, that gets to be a complex, you know, question of what is my best, you know, path forward. And so that kind of comes back to what do you envision for yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need a direct contract if your vision isn't really to, you know, recruit and go brokerage side or become an FMO. Uh, yeah, necessarily. You almost just need somebody to support you heavily and give yeah. them a little bit of that spread. You yeah, know? there's a lot of people who are really concerned with getting the highest contract right off the bat. And it's kind of like, well, just worry about producing first, because if you haven't, what's the use of having a higher contract if your production is super low anyway? Yeah. You know, that extra 20 bucks per, um, per app is not going to make a difference. Yeah, especially if you're giving it up at the expense of someone helping you, because there are hierarchies that will help you. But they can't help you if they give you if they give away the boat and the house. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's like here's the keys to my car and let me fuel it up for you too. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense. There has to be some sort of spread for them to invest the time because time costs money. It sure does. Well, I really thank you for being on with me today, man. It was really cool to have you back, and I think we need to do this a little more consistent than I we have too. been. You know, I think it's been maybe two or three years since you've been on here last. Dude, so. and you and you got you got the best radio voice. So. <laughs> I have the best sing singing voice. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks a lot for being on and look forward to, to talking with you again and, and obviously seeing you at more conferences. And I'm going to come to I'm going to come to visit just to Tupelo just to hang out. Heck, yeah. You know, we'll go All right, out. guys. Well, thanks so much for watching and we'll see you guys on the next video. Hey, thanks for watching the podcast. If you like the content, please hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when more new content comes out. We'll see you on the next one.